Hey, welcome back, everybody. It's Chris Redfern with the Pinot and Politics podcast coming to you from Rocky Point Winery up on the shores of Lake Erie in Marblehead, Ohio. I host political movers and shakers and observers. And tonight I have one of the ones who does all those things. Dave Beatrice, former chairman of the Mahoning County Democratic Party. That's where Youngstown is. Dave's a, an attorney up in Youngstown and has been a member in the past of the Ohio Democratic Party's executive committee. We're joining you uh, tonight, my listeners, on Wednesday. So the election was yesterday. We're still counting votes. And Dave is going to join me and talk a little bit about his uh, observations here in Ohio, what to look for, and, and uh, how bullish he is maybe going into the uh, 2022 cycle. Dave, welcome to Pino and Politics. Well, thank you. I love Pino and I love politics, even though I'm not actively engaged in any uh, politics anymore, other than I serve on our board of elections. How long were you chairman of the uh, Mahoney County Democratic Party? For 10 years of my life. And I gave, I gave it all. I gave 100% effort. You, you left Hundreds of th- thousands and thousands of dollars worth of my own personal money. And, you know, it's just after 10 years, it was time to move on. I just... Um, you know, I felt honestly, my son enlisted, uh, to become an army ranger. He did in fact become an army ranger. And as I was contemplating him going into ranger school, I started thinking, you know, to fulfill my job as county chairman, I'm going to have to say some very harsh things about his commander in chief. And I just felt conflicted and i said you know if i'm feeling that way then i ain't then i am that way then it's time for me to step back you know yeah and well, so that's you, what i did you did this for 10 years mahoney county is the 10th largest county in the state of ohio and instrumental to the success sometimes failure of democrats running in the mahoney valley or statewide and over the course of your 10 years you've had some wins you had some losses what did you think about last night what happened in youngstown with joe biden who were the winners who were the losers and what were the results So uh, Joe Biden had built up a pretty hefty early lead with the absentees. Uh, But once the, you know, southern part of the county came in, that got eroded. And uh, Donald Trump won by about 2,000 votes. How many total voters Uh, were there, Dave? uh, We had a 70% turnout. So I'd have to do the math, but 70% of 165,000 voters, whatever that Got is. Got it. And inside, inside Youngstown, inside the city, there's a sizable African-American population that votes t- traditionally with the Democratic Party. Did they turn out at numbers that you were expecting? No, they did not. And, and do, you, do you see that as one of the reasons why Joe didn't carry Mahoney County? That and, um, you know, we didn't have a ground game. Mm-hmm. We, uh, and they did, they were going door to door. Yeah, they were, yeah, because of COVID, they were going door to door. We weren't, uh, we really got no major surrogates in here. Yeah. Um, I personally thought it was a mistake. Well, I didn't, I didn't ever think Ohio was really in play to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, and when I heard that Joe Biden was coming in, I thought his better time would have been spent doing an event in Youngstown because he could have gotten Youngstown and Western Pennsylvania. Right. And I think he missed that opportunity by going to Cleveland. I mean, I heard some of their precincts, they had 8% turnout in some of their 
African American priest thing. So yeah, it was it wasn't that bad, but it was bad. A lot of people though listening in got to remember Youngstown Mahoney County is on the Pennsylvania border. It's it's far eastern Ohio, and uh, you'd fly out of Pittsburgh, for instance, when you're you're taking a little vacation. Very common. So the Pittsburgh and uh, there's like four counties in western PA that are in our media yeah. market. So there's overlay, and, and had he come into Youngstown, he could have immediately gone to Pittsburgh an hour and 10 minutes later, he'd be downtown. Or gone to Mercer County or Newcastle or right. those Western counties that he got cru- that Hillary got crushed in last time that are traditionally mm-hmm. Republican. Right. You know, if he could have just held the score down there a little bit, yeah. I thought that would have been better use of his time because the trip from Youngstown literally to PA is like 20 minutes and in a motorcade, it'd probably be 10 minutes. Right. Now, I'm, I'm, uh, I mentioned that we're recording this on Wednesday night. And right now, Joe Biden stands at 253 electoral votes. Uh, they've not called Arizona on, the, on CNN. They've called it on a couple other outlets. So if you throw Arizona on, uh, on the list of electoral votes that Joe Biden has won, he needs one or two states and this thing's over. There's four or five outstanding. It looks like Pennsylvania is trending our way. Now, Dave Beatrice, the former chair of the Mahoney County Party, is one of the individuals that I speak to regularly, almost daily. He and about 15 other people every day, we, we check in and see how we're doing in the course of this presidential campaign. Dave, through the entire course of the campaign, dating back to the convention, you were quite clear to me in private conversations that we ought not, as Democrats, uh, fool around, I think those were even your words, fool around in Texas and Georgia and some of these southern states, um, we should focus on three states almost entirely, Pennsylvania, Michigan, and Wisconsin. Because if you can't carry states that Hillary carried four years ago, you probably shouldn't be the nominee to begin with. And you can well, carry if, if you, here, Here's how I looked at Here's sure. how I looked at the race. Please. I, I looked at the United States and I said, what states did Hillary win that Joe Biden won't win? Yeah. And I said, can't think of any. And what states that Hillary didn't win that Joe Biden can win? And three stood out. The yeah. Great Blue Wall, right. Pennsylvania, Michigan, and Wisconsin. I'd have parked my Arcus in all three of those states. I'd have sent all my you know, firepower there and, and just concentrate on those three states. You don't have to get fancy. When I saw Joe Biden down in Atlanta, now maybe that'll pay off. I, I don't think we're going to win Georgia. You know, uh, every four years, every two years, oh, Texas is in play, oh, Texas is in play. And it's like a red mirage for us. You know, it's like, oh, Texas is in play. Oh, let me, let me go chase that. Oh, Texas is in play. They're always Texas, going to be in play. But, but Dave, yeah. Arizona was always going to be in play, and now uh, it appears Joe Biden's going to win Arizona. Well, the, I think Arizona, you know, there, there, was a, there was a little bit of a – a, I, I don't know who this podcast goes out to, but I think a little bit of a middle finger to Donald Trump for how he treated John McCain. Yeah. I think, I think, you know, when you have a favorite son like that and a war hero yeah. and he get, he, he, he just debased him the way he did, yeah. you know, you're an Arizona voter. You're kind of turned off by that, you know? And, and so, yeah, I mean, you know, Arizona and Nevada, I mean, if we could hold, we could win those two. We could we can lose Pennsylvania. Sure, sure. Now, Dave, you've been to Rocky Point Winery up in Marblehead a couple of times. I know you, you, you come up to Lake Erie from Youngstown and enjoy the the fruits of your labor up on Putin Bay and Kelly's Island. 
Now I'm going to enjoy some wine that, that we don't have at Rocky Point yet. It's a, it's a brute, which uh, a sparkling brute is, is another word for dry. It's a dry, sparkling uh, white. Some people would call it a champagne, although this white comes from northern Michigan, Sutton's Bay, Leelanau Peninsula, Leelanau County. It's called Talus Brute. It's by Malby. And like I said, it's sparkling white. It's uh, primarily Chardonnay and Pinot Noir. It's, it's delicious. I'm pairing it with apples and uh, goat Swiss cheese. And I purposely opened this, this bottle of sparkling wine because Leelanau County went with Joe Biden in northern Michigan. So if you've ever been to Traverse City, just north of Traverse City is Leelanau County, where the wineries are. It went with Joe Biden. There's something to be I, said. I've actually, I've actually taken my boat up to Mackinac Island. Yeah, it's about 40 minutes or so, 50 minutes from Mackinac. And I would, I highly recommend this wine. It's about $22, $23. Price point is great. No, it's not. How far is it from Traverse City? Traverse City, it's Leelanau County is one mile. It's, it, yeah, it so from Mackinac Island, it's, it's right across yeah, right. the lake. It's not, right. it's not a 40-minute boat ride, Chris. No, a uh, car ride, car ride. Car ride. Yeah, so I'm going to pair it, like I said, with a little Swiss cheese, goat Swiss cheese, and some apple. What do you enjoy to drink? I like uh, a Chardonnay, a buttery Chardonnay, if you're, yeah. if you're asking me what kind of whites I like. Yeah. But primarily, I'm a red wine drinker, and I like a red blend or a Pinot. Uh, my favorite red is a bottle of Camus, and I like to pair that with a steak. Yeah. Um, um, if I'm having a white wine, I like to do fresh uh, cheeses and uh, fruits and like you know, maybe some olives and raisins and stuff like that. Is there a favorite wine shop over there in the Valley that you? Uh, there's a lot of good wine shops over here. Yeah. But, uh, um, I'm not a big wine drinker. I don't keep wine, at, you know, stocked at home. If I want some wine, you know, I'll stop and get a bottle and, uh, take it home. But I don't, uh, I'm not what I, what you would uh, consider to be a wine connoisseur, or you know, snob. um, wine snob. I'm not, I don't want to say snob. I mean, some people are into it. I'm just, it's not something I've ever, you know, really had an interest in taking right. up or looking into or whatever. The Lordstown, the Lordstown Automotive Plant, formerly known as the Lordstown GM Plant, is not located in Mahoning County, but it is located no. in Valley. It's located in Trumbull County, which is one county north, just the abuts Mahoning County on the north. And then it's Ashtabula County and then Lake Erie. So, so you would think, one would think, an observer like me would think that those auto workers, UAW members, who have been let go, and the plant has since closed. Now, it, now there's, it's going to reopen and sell, sell electronic trucks, electric trucks rather, but, but the, the traditional Chevy Cruze Lordstown plant is closed. Why didn't Joe Biden connect with those voters? How could he have lost Trumbull County by 10 points and Mahoney County by a couple points more? Well, he lost Trumbull County by that much because there was total chaos at the local party level. Okay. Uh, you know, when I, when I was a chairman, if you're an effective local chairman and you know what you're doing, you can move the needle. Dan Polifka was in a fight for his life, and you had a sitting county commissioner who was a Democrat helping a Republican against Dan Polifka, which I think just caused chaos in the party. 
yeah. and almost gave, you know, Democrats the leeway to, to leave and go vote for whomever they thought. And then you had Dan Polifka actively trying to help the Republican against the other guy. And it was just, it was just, you know, what kind of a, it was a horse manure show. It really so, was. So local politics mattered in a presidential campaign. Local politics always matter. A campaigns always matter. And do you think personnel it, always matters? Organization well, always let's ask, matters. Let me ask you about personnel and organization. In the old days, four years ago, eight years ago, 12 years ago, we would, in each county or each number of counties, there would be a, an organizer from the campaign who would come and camp out for six or eight or 12 months, get to know the community, and carry out the wishes and the orders and the directions of party leadership, campaign leadership, and bring the, the organization of the campaign to fruition by election day. That didn't right. happen this year in, in almost no. any county in the state because of COVID. No, no. that's correct. From a, health, from a health perspective, probably the wise decision. But I cannot overstate the, the number of legislators who lost or, or candidates for legislature, county commissioner, and the like who lost because they couldn't knock on doors. They couldn't go to Well, festivals. Chris, I, 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 look, I disagree with you on that. Yeah. Okay. Structurally. Structurally. In 2006, we had, by today's standard, a really small corruption scandal called CoinGate. And we knew how to message that and use it as a cudgel. Uh, In 2018, we had a bigger scandal called ECOT. And we didn't use it as a cudgel. And in this election cycle, we had even a bigger cudgel than that. And didn't use it. And, 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 you know, they didn't use it properly. And, you know, corruption matters to people. So when a candidate comes, a candidate comes to you and says, Dave, I'm going to run a positive campaign. How fast does the hair on the back of your neck stick up and you just say to yourself, this candidate is probably going to lose because he or she Well, it depends on if it's an incumbent or a challenge. It depends on if it's an incumbent or if it's a challenger. Yeah. Okay. If it's an incumbent, uh, I say, I, I, I look at his opponent, look at how much money he raised and look at kind of what a threat he is. And, and then I assess, or I would assess what kind of a campaign that incumbent should run. If you are taking on an incumbent, you cannot run the, I'm a good guy, you should vote for me, or I'm a good woman, yeah, because you should you, vote for me. He's already or she's already the incumbent. You got to give the re- the voters a reason to fire that. Person. Yeah, that's and- that's my point. You compare and contrast. I I spoke with on on one of these kinds of programs a couple weeks ago with a fellow named Scott Borgaminki, who's a Republican um, operative consultant, and he said you have to compare and contrast with your opponent, especially right. when you're coming from a position of weakness. And if you don't, you are ceding ground. So when you couple that this notion that some candidates have that they have to get into heaven uh, and not the majority puts it as put it puts us at a at a uh, a position of weakness and you have always always used that cudgel but i'm going to remind you of something that in 2006 when coingate coingate didn't happen in 2006 happened in 2005 and it broke but there were a series of reports in 2004 building up to the George Bush campaign that a guy named Tom Noe was funneling money, his money, through other elected officials as a bundler, which was against the law. He, he was found out and went to prison. 
the political writer for the Toledo Blade did not write the story. And I believe because of that, George Bush won Ohio. Had the story been written in August when it, when it was out there and talked about, I think it could have swayed uh, the, that 100,000 vote margin towards um, uh, John Kerry. But what it didn't do, the story didn't end because there was discipline among party leaders, county chairs, others to message message and focus almost entirely. So while Democrats, a lot of times Democrats, we, we love to wring our hands. Oh, all is lost. We don't know anything about our own history. In 2004, we only picked up one seat in the state house and lost the presidency. Two years later, we nearly swept because of CoinGate. So it can be used again in 2022, but we've got to show discipline. You got to show discipline and, and you got to, you got to go on, you got to go on the offensive. Yes. Okay. Tell, and, me, tell, and, tell us tell us about that offensive with Mark Dan, how he did. So Mark Dan was my former law partner. And yep. then he went to run, he took a leave of absence. He went to run Mary Boyle's campaign. And then I had taken on some new partners and he came back and things didn't work out. We had a, a rather acrimonious uh, split in our, in our law firm, but we kind of made up. And then he became a state senator and he called me. And he said, hey, I think these guys are stealing, you know, a couple hundred thousand and here it turned out to be a couple million, which by today's standards is nothing. Okay. Nothing. And I said, you know, Mark was dogged, dogged in his pursuit. You know, a lot of people forget that had it not been for Mark Dan, you know, suing Taft and, and getting Taft charged with uh, crimes and really being dogged about that. Uh, Ted Strickland, I don't know if, if he would have won. Um, and you were very instrumental in using that cudgel, right? You know, and and, and people don't like corruption. And, and interestingly, and Mark Dan's state senate seat—it was, it was redrawn six years later, a little bit—but now it's going to be held by a Republican. And Gil Blair, I don't know how Gil Blair loses that seat. I mean, it's just political malpractice to not cudgel, you know, uh, these, and, and to just jam it to the people. We all, us insiders assume that everyone knows this was a, a $60 million bribe scandal Minimum. involving billions of dollars. A regulated to, utility that's to, publicly to prop created. up a private corporation. Public. Corporate. I mean, you, yeah. Okay. A public corporation, but publicly nonetheless, traded. yeah, publicly traded. My Which point is even is worse. Yeah. My because point is, is that filings. it's like it comes out of central casting. Yeah. How we lost seats is beyond me in the Ohio House. It's beyond me. It, it just tells me there's no coordination between the ODP and the, and the caucus. There's no ability to be ferocious and fierce. And you have to you have to be fierce and ferocious, and you have to have a thick skin. You know, Donald Trump Jr. came into town here. I'll just give you an example. The local party did nothing. The state party did nothing. If I was still the chairman, I'd have been out there screaming, pounding, saying yeah. there's 400 people jammed in a room that are going to go back into our community and help spread COVID. This is irresponsible. This is a president that doesn't care about your health. You know, and I would have just pounded that. We won Mahoney County for Hillary, not because of her campaign, but in spite of her campaign. 
there are a couple openings they gave me and I drove a Mack truck through them. Okay. And I helped, you know, turn out their model. I remember they brought some kid from, I don't know, New Hampshire or something in the Hillary campaign, which in my opinion was one of the worst run campaigns. Now compared to Barack Obama's, it was Barack Obama's campaign was the most amazing thing I've ever seen in my life. I'll be honest with you, as far as doing campaigns, it was amazing how they micro-targeted, how they, it was like a military operation. Never seen anything like it in my life. I said, they are so focused on, on targeting voters and getting them out and knocking on their door on election day and, you know, making sure that the workers had this and this and packets. And it was, it was like a military operation. I don't know what else, how else to explain it. Uh, compared to 2016, when I went and said to the guy that was running Hillary's campaign, can I see your, you know, GOTV thing for, for Mahoney County? And he goes, no. And I said, let me tell you how this is going to work. You're either going to show that to me, okay, or I'm going to go above your pay grade and make them show it to me. Because, you know, if you lose what you're going to do, you're going to get in your car and you're going to drive back to wherever you came from. They're going to sever my head off, stick it on a stick in the middle of Market Street and, and put here lie the remains of the, of the chairman that lost the county for Hillary Clinton. Okay. So I always say that these things matter. Messaging matters. How you get out the vote matters. You know, um, and, and, and we proved a lot of what matters this cycle because our early vote program it seems to be uh, resonating among voters. But right. perfect doesn't have to be the enemy of the good. We cannot abandon same-day voting. and We cannot right. abandon core constituencies that have been with us. We have to deliver for them. You know, African-Americans are going to save this election for Joe Biden. Just to, this afternoon, Michigan was called for Joe Biden because Wayne County, city of Detroit, southeast Michigan came in strong. Atlanta, Cobb County, Fulton County, and those counties – both inside the ring and just outside the ring in Atlanta, heavily populated with African-Americans, could go to Georgia. The same thing is going to be repeated in Pennsylvania because African-American populations and core Democratic constituencies in Philadelphia and Pittsburgh. We, we need to grow our party, absolutely, but we can't abandon core constituencies. Do you see... You know, not only have we abandoned... Honestly, honestly, not only have we abandoned... Uh, and, and the backbone of the Democratic Party are African-American women. They're the backbone of the party. I don't care what anyone says. They're the most loyal Democratic voters that we have. Right. Okay. And I, 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 you know, you and I were discussing the polls. And, you, you, you know, you said, oh, I'm a pessimist. I said, no, I'm a pragmatist. And, the, and you said, oh, this is going to be a landslide. And no, it ain't, Chris. No, it ain't. And I said, it's going to be a nail biter. That, remember us having this discussion, you know, even a couple days before you go, what do you think? 48 hours ago. Yeah. I go a total nail biter. He goes, no, I go total nail biter because there's always the, the, the core constituency or your base that's going to turn out. And then what you have to do is get low propensity voters out to vote. Yeah. Nothing motivates more than fear. And Donald Trump stoked that fear on racial divisions 
Yeah. And on a on a campaign of of uh, of uh, of grievance yes. that you you don't have your good paying job anymore because those immigrants coming up from Guatemala they're taking it. You don't have that good paying job anymore uh, because of X Y and Z. And I want law and order. And suburban housewives, uh, don't worry about it. Um, uh, you know, I'm not going to let them come in and take over your city. Right. Okay. Uh, these are things that if, uh, and what I saw out there was Donald Trump's main voter was a non-college educated white working person. Okay. Right. And that's, that's the huge part of the American electorate. Sure. And if you could scare them, if you fear them, they'll turn up as opposed to a person of color who's living in the inner city and what, what, you know, you vote, you don't vote, your lot in life doesn't change too much. Right. You know? So um, I, I saw that dynamic. I, I thought the polls were off. The polls were off. Um, and now here we are on Wednesday night, still well, not knowing who the president of the United States is. To your credit, you did tell me repeatedly over the course of last week. We're joined by Dave Beatrice, former Mahoning County, that's the Youngstown area, Democratic Party chairman for 10 years. Uh, Youngstown in the Mahoning Valley and Mahoning County has a, a number of colorful characters dating back 50 years. Um, uh, the, the, the prosecutor, I assume Paul Gaines was reelected as prosecutor last night. The Paul Gaines, all of our local Democrats, save and except for one, were reelected. It, it should be a requirement. And he wasn't an incumbent. He was a challenger right. to an incumbent. It should be a requirement uh, but, that if you're a politico coming into Youngstown, you sit down with Paul Gaines and he tells you about the time he was shot by the mob in his living room. Well, you and know then, what? And then proceeded to chase after the, the shooter out the back door. Those are colorful well, have, Yeah. Look, Paul is the only office holder that I know of that took a bullet for the job. Not a couple of them. Literally. You know, he would have been dead had the gun not jammed. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so I tell him, you know, I called him yesterday and I told him to put that in the thing. He's, ah. I said, Paul, that, that gives you so much credibility with the voters. Right. You were too honest because we were, you know, all mobbed up and mob infested and it, it was just systemic. And when Paul won, they were afraid that they lost their fix in the prosecutor's office. It was, it was grotesque what was happening here. Another colorful and, figure from the Mahoney Valley, Jim Trafficken, multi-term yeah. multi congressman who passed away a few years ago after he got out of prison. Uh, Jim Trafficken was elected, and one would argue he was the first Donald Trump. Uh, he was the Tea Party before there was a Tea Party because he spoke, he spoke to the, his constituency uh, about the fear that they felt and that he would come back to them as one of them. Well, and, and, and this is where I criticize the Democratic Party. You know, people say, oh, you're trying to appeal to a Trump voter. No, I'm not trying to appeal to a Trump voter. You know what people want, Chris? They want a good paying job. They want to take a couple weeks vacation. They want to be able to educate their children and retire with dignity. That's, that's what we used to, that's that really, everything else they don't care about. They really don't care. You could, you could give them a, 
a, a plate of whatever and they'll say, okay, I got a good job. Things are good. Right. You know, people don't understand that a person that votes for Donald Trump will vote for Sherrod Brown. And I totally understand that. Absolutely. I totally understand that. Absolutely. You speak from the same language. Sometimes it's a little bit more forced or forceful from one of the candidates, but you're speaking from the same language and the, in the, in the same base of values. Uh, I want to thank you, David. We're going to end this uh, podcast, you know, on politics podcast with some predictions. So it's Wednesday evening uh, when we're recording this, like I said, we're about 10 votes or 10, uh, electoral votes away from winning the presidency. Obviously, the most important race nationally. If you're county chair or state party chair, you want to win all your races. But if you have to pick one, you're going to be happy winning the presidency, even though your county or your state may not have gone that way, because you know the power that comes with it. It's just a matter of time before Kamala Harris comes back to the ballot. It's just a matter of time before Joe Biden comes back to the ballot. It's just a matter of time before somebody who's advising Joe Biden sits down with Dave Beatrice and says, tell us how we can hold this thing together in 2024. Now, what would you tell them uh, six months from now? I would tell Joe Biden, if I had a chance, if Joe Biden come to me and say, Dave, what do you think I should do? Get people, first of all, crush this virus. Yes. Take science seriously. Let's beat this damn virus back, number one. Number two, I would say to him, I don't care what anyone else is telling you, put a big infrastructure bill together and put a bunch of people to work. You know what? You put a bunch of people to work, you start paying them good money, and boom, you will win back all of those. You know, I hate the word white working class. I really do. I, I hate that. Why, why do we demean people like that? Some people want just to ha be dignified. Some people want to work with their hands. And we shouldn't value them any less than someone who works, a, a college-educated person. And, and, and for some reason, the Democratic Party has gotten away from this. So like, we should value that person and their concerns as much as anyone else. You're right. You know, that should be our center plate issue. And if I was to tell Joe Biden something, I'd say, put together a big infrastructure bill. Let's get a bunch of people back to work. And we don't have to worry about this stuff anymore. You'd also tell Kamala or Joe Biden in 2024, focus on what three states, David Beatrice? Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, and Michigan. There you go. You've been telling me that for many, many months. I, I want to thank you. It's not complicated. It's three yards in a cloud of dust. We're from the Big Ten. Just you know, keep we... running the same play and win. Don't get fancy. No, Texas is not in play. I'm tired of hearing that. Every four years, Texas is in play. Texas, no, Texas is not in play, okay? It's not. So there, there we go. For 10 years, Dave Beatrice advised me, and he was one of the, and continues to be one of the more colorful political operatives in the state with a great deal of, uh, of knowledge, both about the Valley and the state of Ohio. I want to thank you, David, for joining me on Pino and Politics. One final question. Does Joe Biden win the presidency tonight or tomorrow? I don't know the answer to that. And it ain't over until it's over. That's you and being no a fat pessimist. lady singing. And You're no, I don't, good. I'm glad I'm a pessimist. And no fat lady singing just yet. Okay. So I can only hope and pray that he wins. If you're asking me right now who I'd rather be, Joe Biden or Donald Trump, I'd rather be Joe Biden. But that doesn't mean that it's a foregone conclusion. Once again, we will count every vote and we will celebrate when we win. Final thought. I, I had Henry Gomez on the, uh, the, the show a couple weeks ago. He's a writer, uh, a political He's writer. He's from the Valley. 
He is from the Valley, and I asked Henry uh, a lot of things, but I did not ask him the most important question. Where's your favorite stop for peppers, hot peppers? Hot peppers? Yeah. Uh, there's a, a local company called Donorfrios. You get them at any Italian store here. It's the local, you know, shop. Uh, the uh, their uh, family that cooks them in their backyard and cans them, and boy, are they good hot peppers. And we got great, we got great food here. And I can't wait for you to come up. I'm going to take you to Aquapaza, and you'll really see some great uh, Italian food. I look food. forward to two things: enjoying that dinner and not paying for it. Thank you, David, for joining All us. Right. I appreciate it. Have a great night. Go, Joe Biden. You too. I want to thank David Beatrice, the former chair of the Mahoney County Democratic Party, for joining us. This is Chris Redfern coming to you from the production room here at Rocky Point Winery up in Marblehead on the Pino and Politics podcast. We will see you next time. Thank you.